All right, we are back with the Fit-ish podcast. Um, this podcast, I figured that I would talk all about fat loss, which is a common topic that a lot of people want to know about. A lot of people, when they get into fitness, they are interested in fat loss or losing weight or some type of aesthetic goal that typically involves losing fat. It's a very common reason that people get into fitness in the first place. Typically, you know, they want to change their appearance or change their body in some way, maybe lose a little bit of fat, get toned up, uh, look a little bit more lean and athletic. So I figured I would do a podcast. Uh, I figured this would be a perfect time to do it as well, just with summer coming up in a couple months. A lot of people, you know, they want to slim down a little bit, going to be wearing less clothing, putting on bathing suits, you know, out on the beach, the lake, around water, all that good stuff. So figured, again, this would be a perfect time to kind of get into an episode like this and talk about some strategies and some ways that you can use to lose fat and also just kind of what you should be focusing on and then just some tips to go along with that. So first, before getting into that, I'm just understanding that, you know, like I said, summer is around the corner, but a mistake that people make oftentimes is they try to wait until the last minute in order to start going after fat loss. And if you know anything about fat loss, you probably know that it takes a while. It's not super quick. Uh, it's not super fast. And, you know, it takes several weeks and oftentimes several months to lose a considerable amount of fat. And if you want to make sure that you are losing it in a way that's sustainable and not miserable, and also, you know, in a way that is going to help you hold on to as much muscle as possible, then you want to make sure that you're giving yourself plenty of time to do so. So you're not crunched for time. And then you end up doing a bunch of stupid stuff like crash diets and tons and tons of cardio and exercise and that sort of thing. So we don't want to be in that spot because that stuff rarely works anyway. So we're going to talk about how to do it the right way and um, in a way, again, that's not completely miserable. So understanding that when you are getting into fat loss, the typical rate of fat loss for you know the average person is about a half a pound to a pound a week. Now, this will vary depending on your size and how aggressive your diet is. You know, if you're a bigger person, you might be able to get away with losing two pounds a week. And then if you're a smaller person, you'll probably be closer on that lower end to a half a pound a week. But again, if you're more aggressive with your diet, if you cut calories more, you can lose weight a little bit quicker, but that's not something that you'll want to do for a long period of time. And again, that's typically a little bit harder to adhere to. And, you know, so a pound to about a half a pound is the average. And that seems to be pretty, pretty doable for most people in a place where People feel like that is a sustainable approach and something that they can accomplish, you know, without too much hassle. So that's kind of what you're looking at um, when you're looking at rates of fat loss. And then when you understand that that is the average rate, then you can kind of, you know, build back from that. So if let's say you want to lose about 10 pounds before summer, then, you know, you have about 10 weeks to do so. And then again, I like to add on a week or two just because typically when it comes to fat loss, you're not going to lose that pound a week, every single week, you know, sometimes you'll have little plateaus in there where the fat loss might stall or slow down a little bit. So I like to add a little cushion in there. So if you're somebody who's looking to, let's say again, lose 10 pounds, give yourself about 12 weeks and that's very doable. But again, if you want to be a little bit more aggressive with it, maybe lose a little bit more than that. Again, that is possible, but just understand that that's going to be a little bit, you're going to have to cut calories a little bit more. You might be a little bit more hungry in that sort of thing. So just something to uh, something to think about when it comes to your your fat loss and your cuts and, you know, trying to lean up a little bit. So that's kind of what you're looking at as far as an average rate of fat loss. And then 
just some things that you want to make sure that you're focusing on when it comes to losing fat. I've talked about this in other podcasts. And if you've been around fitness at all, you've probably heard of people talking about a calorie deficit. So a calorie deficit, all that means is that you are burning more calories than you are taking in through food and drink. So when you do that, that causes your body to use the fat stores that you already have in your body. And that is how you end up losing weight. So you're taking in less energy through food and drink than your body typically needs, your maintenance calories. And so it starts pulling from what you already have in your body. And again, that is how you lose your weight. So you have to have a calorie deficit to lose fat. So just understand that that is necessary. And that is something that you need to make sure that you are doing. If you are not having a calorie deficit, you will not be losing fat. And simply put, again, that just means you're taking in less calories than you're burning throughout the day. Could be within a day. Um, some people like to look at it, you know, in the course of a week. But all that matters is that you're taking in less than, you know, you're burning. Second thing you want to do if you are after fat loss is strength training. So, again, you can lose weight. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you are losing fat. So if you want to lose fat, typically people, people say they want to lose fat. It's because they want to look a little bit leaner, a little bit slimmer, you know, more toned, as people like to say. And so a calorie deficit along with strength training is going to be your best bet there. Because if you're losing weight or losing fat and you are not holding on to the muscle or building muscle, um, you're just becoming kind of a smaller version of what you look like right now. So if maybe you have a little bit of extra body fat that you want to get rid of, maybe you want to tone up a little bit and show off a little bit more of that muscle that you have underneath, then you need to make sure that you are holding on to as much muscle as possible so that when you do strip away that fat, that you know, you'll be able to see those muscles underneath and you'll have a little bit different appearance rather than just shrinking what you currently look like and weighing less and looking essentially the same, but just lighter on the scale. So again, that's why strength training is going to be important. So those two things, you need to make sure you have calorie deficit, strength training. And then obviously, as always, you're going to have to be consistent with both those things. If you don't have consistency with those two things, then you're not going to see results. And I don't have to say a ton about that. You guys already know that. Uh, I preach that all the time. And that's just, you know, that's just how it goes. If you're not consistent with it, you're not going to see very good results. So understanding that, you know, you need to be consistent and you need to make sure that you are doing those things and making them a priority. Next, just touching on real quick, uh, tracking calories versus not tracking calories. So these seven strategies are simple fat loss tips that I'm going to go through today do not actually involve counting calories. A lot of people will count calories when they are trying to lose fat. You know, I'm a proponent for counting calories, if not, you know, for your entire weight loss or fat loss phase, but just you know, even if it's a week or two, just to kind of give you a, a good idea of, you know, the amount of calories you're taking in on a daily basis, how many calories certain foods have. And doing this is just going to give you a little bit more uh, education, a little bit more info, a little bit more data around the decisions that you make, because a lot of times people will think that they're eating a certain amount of calories and then they, you know, they track their calories they weigh out their foods, um, they look at nutrition labels, and they track that stuff throughout the week. And they realize that they're taking in way more calories than they ever thought they were. And that's where a lot of people struggle with, you know, losing fat is because they think they're in a calorie deficit eating less than they actually are. But in all reality, they're not. Because again, if you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. And if you're not seeing that scale drop, if you're not seeing, you know, your clothes fit better, if you're not seeing changes in the mirror, then you are not in a calorie deficit, and you're probably eating too much. So again, um, I'm, I always encourage people to track 
even if it's just for a couple of weeks, just to kind of give them a little bit better info and so they can make better decisions. Um, but if you want to track for your entire fat loss phase, that is also a good option too. And I always look at it, you know, like if just like anything, if you have more data, if you have more measurable, you know, things that you can look at, you can be more objective about it versus if you're somebody who doesn't track their calories, then you're somewhat just kind of guessing and you don't really know exactly. Um, and for a person like me, if you're more logical, more numbers based, it also can kind of put your mind at ease because you know, you know what you're putting in your body and it gives you a little bit more flexibility with your calories and that sort of thing. And I found that, you know, when you do track calories, you typically can get to your goal a little bit quicker, again, just because you're a little bit more exact with it. Um, and you can be sure that you're, you know, in a calorie deficit and eating the amount of calories you need, the amount of proteins and that sort of thing. So that was just kind of the groundwork, the foundation that you need to understand when it comes to losing fat. And again, the more information you have, uh, the easier it's going to make this whole fat loss process. If you actually understand it, it makes applying these things that much easier. So that's kind of the base foundation that you need. And then getting into this next part, we'll just go over these seven strategies. And with these seven strategies, uh, one thing that I want to point out is that none of these strategies are like super restrictive or super crazy or, you know, anything like that. And actually, one thing that I try to do with these strategies is give you things that you can actually add in versus things that you have to like take away. Because a lot of times in the diet industry and in the fitness you know, industry, people will tell you all the things that you can't do. You know, you can't have pop, you can't have sweets, you can't have dessert, you can't have carbs, you can't have sugar. And they just tell you all these things that you can't do. You know, you can't um, sit for too long. You can't do this. You can't do that. And a lot of times, you know, when somebody tells you that you can't do something, then that's all you can think about, right? Like if somebody tells you you can't have this certain food, then, you know, you kind of want it more. Or like if somebody tells you, you know, the classic example that, you know, everybody heard in psychology class is like, okay, try not to think of the pink elephant. And then as soon as they say the pink elephant, that's all you can think about, right? You just think about this, this pink elephant. So it's just kind of a little psychology hack of versus thinking about restricting everything and taking things away and the things you can't have and the things you can't do. You add in these things and focus on the behaviors that you actually can do and focus on how they make you feel and the things that they can help you with. And that little switch for me, I know personally has helped me a lot versus, you know, that restrictive mindset. And the fact of the matter is you are going to have to restrict some things. If you are losing fat, you know, you have to restrict your calories in some way or another, but just the psychology of it and not having to think about actually restricting things versus adding in things is going to make that process a little bit easier. So I uh, just wanted to point that out as we get into these. So strategy number one, uh, and this is one that I talked about a lot. You've probably heard it before, but this one is just eat more whole foods versus more highly processed type of foods. So in simple terms, just eating, you know, your fruits, your vegetables, your proteins, things that are in their whole forms, you know, so your chicken, your beef, your fish, potatoes, oats, rice, uh, all the fruits, all the veggies, all that type of stuff that is just, you know, that single ingredient versus the processed foods. Not that these processed foods are, you know, absolutely off limits or can't ever eat these things. But uh, I think most people know that it's a lot easier to overeat these processed foods. And the example that I always give people is think of a bag of potato chips that has anywhere from like 10 to 12 potatoes in it. And then think of trying to, you know, eat 10 to 12 potatoes. I guarantee you could not eat 10 to 12 plain potatoes, 
But if you put, you know, a big bag of tasty potato chips in front of me, I could crush, you know, easily a whole bag, probably pretty close to a whole bag in one sitting. That's just a simple example of processed foods versus, you know, your whole type foods, just because these foods have their combinations of salt and sugar and fats, and, you know, they're engineered to make you eat them more. So just understand that, you know, eating those whole foods, you're naturally going to eat less calories when you do that. I mean, there's been plenty of examples to show this. I came across a uh, study and it was talking about, you know, they, they took two groups of people. Um, and in the first two weeks they gave these people, it was a wholly like fully processed diet. So they were eating all processed foods and the people were allowed to eat as much food as they wanted, but they just tracked it. They were in like a facility where the people who administered all the food, they just tracked it and kept track of all the foods that these people had. And they could come get as much as they want whenever they wanted their three meals, their snacks, all that kind of stuff. So the, the first two weeks, it was on a processed diet. And then they took a break, came back, did two weeks on a whole food diet. As you might guess, the people in that, you know, that first two weeks where they were on the highly processed type food diet, they ate more calories. Uh, than when they were on the whole food diet. So again, I think that's pretty much common sense. We all know that it's easier to eat those type of foods and they're very tasty and they're good. Um, so just again, not not that you have to avoid those things, but just be aware of those, those whole foods are going to be more filling. They're going to provide you with more nutrients and they're always going to be you know harder to overeat. So just a couple quick tips with that one. As I mentioned before, the 80-20 rule, this has been something that I've lived by for the last, you know, seven, eight years. That's helped me tremendously. Um, and if nothing else, this is the rule that I always try to abide by. I mean, that's eating 80% of your, your whole foods, your fruits, your veggies, your proteins, you know, your foods in their whole forms. And then 20% of the time you can include some of those processed foods, if you like, some of those desserts, uh, the pizza, the drinks, all that kind of stuff. So if you follow that rule, you're going to end up in a pretty good spot. Um, again, when fat loss is the goal, you may have to move that around just a little bit. Maybe you go 85, 15, depending on you know how much fat you're looking to lose or um, what your what your cut is looking like. Uh, but again, that 80-20 rule is just a good general place to start. Another quick tip that can help you out with that is to either meal prep or meal plan. So whether you're actually preparing your foods um, or just planning them out ahead of time, that is a huge huge way to uh, kind of get ahead of, you know, ending up eating a bunch of that highly processed stuff. When you just plan out your meals and have a plan going into the day, you know what you're going to have for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, then you don't have to think about it because when you wait uh, till it's time to eat or, you know, maybe you get done with work, uh, you're a little bit tired when you come home, you don't really know what you're going to have. You're probably just going to pick the most easy and convenient thing. And oftentimes that is going to be the more highly processed foods because they're convenient, they're easy to make, they're usually quicker than preparing a whole food meal. So if you have those things prepped already to go, um, or if you at least have a plan and know exactly what you're going to have, you're going to you know make those choices a little bit easier. Uh, moving on to the next one, this is another simple one that you might be like, well, duh, like how is this going to help me though? Like everybody should do this. So number two, the tip is drink more water. Um, and the reason that I say this is because a lot of times when people think that they are hungry, a lot of times they're just thirsty and people will often mix these two up just because they don't really have a good grip on what their hunger levels actually are and the difference between being hungry and being thirsty. Um, and then right along with that, a lot of people will just eat when they're bored. 
So they just want something to do. So if you can replace eating a bunch of calories with just simply drinking water, something that's you know gonna help you and it's good for your health and also not adding in a ton more calories, you're gonna help save yourself a little bit. And again, this is something that can that you can add in super easily that can help with fat loss. And then another thing right along with that, whenever you're drinking more water, you're typically going to be less hungry. If your stomach is you know, full of water and you're staying hydrated, you're not going to feel like you're as hungry. And then thirdly, I think this is something that I've touched on before as well, but simple acts like drinking water, you know, it's a healthy behavior and it's associated something that, you know, you've been told to do since you were a little kid, probably drink plenty of water, you know, make sure you're getting your eight glasses in or whatever they used to say of water. It's just a healthy behavior. And when you engage in these type of healthy behaviors, I've noticed that it seems to kind of nudge you in the direction of making other healthy behaviors, whether it's with the food that you eat, maybe some of the snacks that you're having, uh, maybe getting more movement or exercise in your day. So again, when you can encourage yourself to participate in these type of healthy, simple behaviors, I think that it kind of spills over into other parts of your life. So again, that's another reason why including water can be a really good thing. Some super quick tips to help you get more water. Uh, number one, get a water bottle uh, that you like and carry it around as much as you can. So I've noticed personally, I drink way more water throughout the week versus on the weekend. And the only simple reason that is, is because during the week, I carry a water bottle around and on the weekend, I do not, you know, when I'm at home or when I'm running errands or when I'm doing different things on the weekend, I don't carry a water bottle around with me and I just naturally drink less water. But when I have that thing at work during the week, even at home, I drink way more water during the week. So simple tip, but just keep that thing around you when you see it, grab it, take a swig, and you're naturally just going to drink way more water when you do that. And if you're somebody who maybe doesn't like the taste of water or think that water is too bland, which um, I've met quite a few of those people, uh, believe it or not, uh, there's things that you can add to kind of spice it up a little bit. You know, there's flavor tablets. You can add fruit to your water if you'd, you'd like. You can add electrolytes. It's something that I add in quite a bit whenever you know it gets really hot or when I need a little bit of extra salt, I'll add in some electrolytes into my water and that stuff is flavored and tastes good. And so that's some different ways that you can spice it up to help you drink a little bit more water. But it's still zero calories or very, very low calories compared to, you know, drinking other high calorie type stuff like your juices and your pops and that sort of stuff. So drinking water, it's a great thing. Add it in and it is something that can help you with losing more fat. Moving on to number three, eat more veggies. Uh, and this is, again, this is something that you've been told since you were little, uh, but some reasons that you want to eat more vegetables, get more vegetables and how that can help you actually lose fat is Number one is because they're more filling and they provide tons of nutrients. So just a couple quick examples. So a whole entire pound of broccoli is only 150 calories, which is next to nothing. And if you eat a pound of broccoli, I promise you that you are going to be uh, feeling pretty full. And not, now I'm not telling you that you need to eat a pound of broccoli, but it just goes to show you how low calorie and high density these type of vegetables are, and they can help you when it comes to things like fat loss. Because again, you need to be in a calorie deficit, which all that means is that you need to be eating less calories. A way that you can eat less calories and still be full and satisfied is to include more vegetables. Pretty simple. So obviously vegetables, good thing. Nutrients help fill you up, help with those satiety levels so you're not feeling like you're hungry all the time. If you're somebody who doesn't like veggies, a um, couple quick things to talk about. Number one, I just got to say, 
you gotta you, you gotta eat like an adult. You know, you gotta grow up a little bit. Sometimes you gotta do things you don't want to do. Um, I promise you, there's probably some vegetables out there that you enjoy. Maybe you haven't found a way to prepare them that you know you like, or maybe you just haven't tried the right vegetables. Me myself, like when I first got into losing weight, I didn't really like vegetables all that much. Like I'd eat them, but I didn't really enjoy them until I learned how to actually prepare them. You know, and there's tons of different ways that you prepare them, you know, whether it's baking them in the oven, grilling vegetables, you know, some people just like the vegetables that you can grab that are super quick. You throw them in the microwave, steam them, Um, you know, so there's different ways that you can prepare them. But the real secret I found with good vegetables is making sure that you season those things right. And if you season vegetables right, you know, you'll be in good shape. And if you do it right, that they taste good and you will enjoy them. So including things, you know, you have your basic seasonings, your, your salt, your pepper, you know, your multi-blend seasonings, garlic salt, seasoning salt, garlic powder, all that kind of stuff you can add in there and mix and match with those things. But if you don't want to mix and match with those things, just find yourself like a multi-seasoning or a multi-purpose seasoning. Um, I use like the Mrs. Dash seasoning all the time or adobo is another good one. Um, but just find like a multi-purpose seasoning, use that on your vegetables and don't be stingy with it. Throw a bunch on there, bake those things and they taste great. And understand that also, like if you're somebody who like doesn't eat a ton of vegetables right now, that your taste buds probably aren't going to be, you know, super thrilled about eating more vegetables right now, but your taste buds do actually change over time. So eat those things. Like I said, be an adult. You know, we always make little kids eat their vegetables. When you're growing up, people always told you eat your vegetables because they're good for you. So you're an adult. You can eat your vegetables too. get those things in and just understand that if you're preparing those things the right way, using plenty of seasoning, eventually, I promise you'll find you'll find some ways that you enjoy eating vegetables and your taste buds will kind of change a little bit. And eventually you'll even start to crave those things. When I go like on vacation and I'm not eating as many vegetables, whenever I come back, like I'm always craving like some good vegetables, some good produce. That's something to look forward to. If you're somebody who doesn't love vegetables, just give it a try. Be consistent with it. And over time, uh, you'll learn to like vegetables. Uh, Some other things that you can do, like if you're really not a fan of vegetables or if you just have trouble getting enough vegetables in, is you can eat them in like soups, pastas, even like smoothies is a really easy way to get more vegetables in. Like I'll throw in sometimes carrots, spinach, uh, tomatoes, even in my smoothies, and you can barely even taste them. If you're throwing some fruit in there, mixing those things in there. You really can't even taste the vegetables, uh, but you're still getting some nutrients in there, still getting some fiber and, you know, getting some of the benefits of the vegetables. And then salads is also obviously a really good one. You get a salad, bunch of, you know, spinach and lettuce and different stuff like that. And then mix in some vegetables with it. You're getting a very high volume, high density type meal that's going to fill you up, but it's very low calories, which again is a good thing when it comes to fat loss. So Salads, great option. Um, whenever I'm in a fat loss phase, I always eat tons and tons of salads. So that's always a really good option too. And then just kind of a rule of thumb, I always try to aim to get at least one vegetable at each meal. So breakfast is obviously a little bit harder. Things that you can do with breakfast, like I said, is just throw them things in a smoothie. But if I don't get them at breakfast, I'll either try to like double up at either lunch or dinner. So I'll just have two servings of whatever kind of vegetable I'm having. Uh, for you know lunch or for dinner and that way I'm getting at least three servings in Uh, number four tip number four this is another simple one uh, but I promise that it makes a big difference if you are consistent with it and this one is walk more so just simply getting in more steps in your day is a super underrated way 
to get more fat loss or get faster fat loss. And this one is one that, you know, people don't think too much of just because they're like, well, what, what's, you know, walking an extra couple thousand steps going to do for me. But uh, you should understand that a lot of the calories that you actually burn throughout the day aren't really burned in your planned exercise session. So if you're somebody who works out, you know, three or four times a week, uh, that's great. And, you know, we want to do that and you get tons of benefits from that. But when it comes to like actually burning calories, it doesn't burn all that many calories. So you want to make sure that you are getting more movement in, you know, walking, that sort of thing. And you burn quite a few calories from doing that. Um, and not that that's the only benefit that you that you should be looking for. Obviously, walking is good for tons of other stuff uh, when it comes to like mental health and things like that, too. But again, walking is a super easy way to make sure that you are getting some extra movement in. And it's just a quick and easy way to you know, burn some extra calories. And the great thing about walking is that, you know, it's accessible. Uh, almost everybody can do it. It's free and you can do it pretty much anywhere. So that's what makes it so great. And oftentimes that is, you know, a barrier that people have when it comes to fitness and exercise, whether they don't have access to a gym or they have to drive to the gym or they don't have a ton of time um, or whatever the, the case might be. With walking, you don't really have, you know, a legitimate excuse because you could literally just walk around your house if you wanted to. So you always have the chance to walk, like even if it's five, 10 minutes, use those little breaks throughout the day to get a little bit of movement in. Um, and just a couple quick tips with that. Like I said, taking, you know, many walk breaks, whether it's after each meal, you go for a five to 10, 15 minute walk. Uh, maybe every hour you get up and, you know, walk around for three to five minutes, things like that. Because those little things like that, they add up throughout the day. If you think of, you know, taking a 15 minute walk, which barely takes any time after each meal, add that up throughout the day, you just got 45 minutes of extra walking in. And it, you know, barely took any time out of your day. You know, you didn't have to prep for it. You didn't have to warm up. You didn't have to do anything like that. You just get out there, get a little walk in and, you know, you get all the benefits from it. A couple of things that you can do, you can park further away. So whether that's at work or at the store or um, whatever, just park a little bit further away. Whenever you're using your car, you can get some extra steps that way. Take the stairs is another good one. Super simple, but you know, those things add up throughout the course of a day, throughout the course of a week, and obviously throughout the course of a year. So do those little simple things like that. And then lastly, my last tip for you would be to actually track your steps. As humans, we like feedback and we like to see, um, you know, numbers. And I found that when you actually track your steps and if you have a goal, especially, then you will pay more attention to it. You're more likely to focus on that. I know me personally, I track my steps every day and I'm always looking at them throughout the day. And especially when I'm getting towards the end of the day, I always want to see if I've gotten, you know, over my 10,000 steps, which is my goal that I set for myself, and that's kind of the gold standard that you hear everybody talk about is get your 10,000 steps a day. But understanding that, you know, if you're somebody who only gets 3,000 steps in a day right now, well, try to bump that up to 5,000 or 7,000. Obviously, that 10,000 is a good place to shoot for, but if you can get more than what you're getting in right now, then obviously that's going to be beneficial as well. So find a way to track your steps. If you don't have, you know, an Apple Watch or a fitness tracker that does that, you can simply use your phone. That's what I do. I just use my phone. I use my the Apple app and it tracks my steps and that way I can keep track of them. Um, so super easy thing to do. And, you know, it adds up and it, again, it'll help with that fat loss. Number five, eat more protein. Uh, this is something that you probably also heard before. And this is one of the few things that it's that people actually seem to agree on. There's a lot of disagreement when it comes to nutrition and what people should be eating 
um, the kind of diets that they should be following. But one thing that almost everybody has in common is that people should be eating plenty of protein. And there's, you know, a couple of different reasons for this. Number one, uh, eating plenty of protein, as you know, is going to help with building muscle and building muscle is going to be a good thing for not only looking better, but for, you know, functionality, for longevity, you know, living longer lives. People that have more muscle mass are associated with living longer lives, but other things as well. So one thing protein does is it has a higher thermic effect of food, which all that means is that in order to break down protein, when you eat protein, it takes more calories to break this down. So you're actually burning more calories just by eating protein versus when you eat like carbs and fats, those are broken down a little bit easier. Protein is the hardest to break down. So it actually takes more calories to break that down. So when you eat more protein, um, you're burning more calories that way. And then obviously another thing, like I said, helps with building muscle and burning more calories by just doing nothing. Because if you have more muscle mass, you are literally burning more calories at rest by doing absolutely nothing than the person who has less muscle. So again, muscle is a good thing. More protein is a good thing. And as I touched on in the very beginning, you know, with strength training, muscle is going to be important when it comes to fat loss, because when you are after some sort of fat loss, it's typically because you want to look a certain way, which is most likely a little bit more lean, um, a little bit more toned, have a little bit more muscle definition, that sort of thing. And if you don't have the muscle, if you're not eating enough protein to maintain or build that muscle, then as you lose that fat, again, you're probably not going to look the way that you want to look. So couple of quick tips when it comes to protein. You want to shoot for around 0.7 to about a gram per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you want to try to get 150 grams of protein at that very top end. If you weigh 200 pounds, you want to try to get about 200 grams of protein. And then at that lower level, you'd be at 0.7 grams. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you want to get somewhere in between about 140 grams of protein to about 200 grams on that higher end. So the normal recommendations are like, I think it's like 0.4 that they tell people, but that's not necessarily optimal. That's just so that you're not, you know, deficient in protein. And if we want to be more optimal, if we want to really maximize our muscle gain and the way we look and build, you know, more muscle, then we want to go shoot for these higher ends. So that 0.7 to about a gram per pound of body weight is what we really want to be aiming for. Um, another quick tip is to try to just build your meals and your snacks around protein. So whenever I think about eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, I always think about what's the protein that I'm going to have. And then I think about, you know, what am I going to have after that or build around that? So like uh, for lunch, if I'm going to have chicken, all right, I'm going to have chicken. That's going to be my protein source. And then I'm probably going to have some sort of vegetable and then like some sort of carb, maybe some potatoes or some rice or something like that for dinner. Like what am I going to have? I'm going to have beef. I'm going to have pork fish, like something like that. I always think about what kind of protein I'm going to have within that meal. And that way, when I'm prioritizing protein in each and every meal, I'm going to have a lot easier time actually hitting that total amount of protein. Because if you skip a meal and you don't have a ton of protein at that meal, it makes it much harder to hit those higher protein numbers. And if you are somebody who's never actually counted your protein or prioritized protein, that's 0.7 to 1 gram is going to seem like a lot at first. So just like I said, with the steps, you know, you might not necessarily be hitting that top, 
top target of one gram per pound of body weight. But if you're getting more than you were before and you're building in the right direction, that's also going to be a good thing. So, you know, don't freak out if you're not able to hit that 0.7 to one gram per pound of body weight, but that gives you a good goal to shoot for. And then lastly, my last tip, if you really, really struggle with getting enough protein, protein powders are a really great option. Uh, I have I use whey protein, which is just a low calorie, high protein type of protein powder. And, you know, it's really easy to have a protein shake or two throughout the day. And that's an easy anywhere from 25 to 50 grams of protein. So if you're somebody who, again, struggles to get their protein in, maybe you don't have a lot of protein at one of your meals or you had to skip a meal or, you know, whatever the case may be, you're just struggling to get that protein in. Protein powders are a really good option or protein drinks are a really good option to get those protein numbers up. Uh, number six, we have strength training. Touched on this one again at the very beginning just a little bit, but just understanding the importance of building muscle for fat loss. I've already talked about it twice, so I won't you know touch on it too much here. But again, strength training along with protein is going to be crucial for looking the way you want. And when it comes to fat loss and like specifically, you know, building your body in the way that you want it to look. There's really no better way that you can do that than traditional strength training. There's plenty of other ways that you can strength train, but when it comes to, you know, really being able to focus in on, you know, building a bigger butt or bigger biceps or you know, bigger, more defined shoulders or, you know, a more defined back, there's really no better way that you can do that than your traditional strength training. So that's always super important. And I always recommend that if people are really after, you know, fat loss and seeing what they can really do and reaching, you know, reaching their goals and getting to a place where they really like what they see in the mirror, then I will always recommend some form of strength training. Um, one thing to be aware of, like a lot of people think when it comes to losing fat that they need to burn tons and tons of calories. And when you look at traditional weightlifting, you don't burn as many calories as say, you know, maybe doing some cardio. Like if I go run for, 45 minutes versus me lifting weights for 45 minutes, I'm probably going to burn more calories through running. And, you know, I'm going to sweat more and my heart rate's going to be up and it's going to feel like I got a really good workout. But don't confuse, you know, sweatiness and high heart rate and soreness with the, you know, with the indicator of that being a good workout for fat loss. Now, that's that's not to say that cardio is bad and that cardio can't help with fat loss. But again, Cardio is not going to help you build muscle or maintain muscle nearly as well as traditional strength training is going to do. So in an ideal world, you probably have both those things in your program, but for sure you want to have some strength training in there if you want to you know, maximize your fat loss and look or look the way that you are trying to you know, achieve. Just a couple of quick tips when it comes to strength training. So number one, you want to make sure that you find a quality program and this makes sure that your program includes all the basic human movements you want to make sure that it's balanced so you want to have some pushing exercises in there um, you know your bench press your shoulder press that sort of thing you want to have some pulling exercises in there your pull-ups your pull downs your rows you want to have some squat type of movements in there so you know your front squats back squats goblet squats even like some single leg squats lunges that sort of thing and then you want to have some hinges in there. So like your RDLs, uh, your deadlifts, that sort of thing. And then also your fifth movement that you want to make sure you have in there, some sort of like ab type movements as well. So if you have those five movements, your push, pull, hinge, squat, ab type of movements, um, and then they're all kind of balanced in there and there's a variety of different movements in there, then you're probably in a decent spot there.
there's so many different programs and different styles and um, different ways and reps and sets and all that stuff that you can do. So it's just a matter of finding, you know, what type of program it is that you want to follow and what actually appeals to you. Because if you actually like the program that you're doing, you're going to train harder, you're going to enjoy it more, and you're going to be more consistent with it. If you're doing a program that you don't really like, you don't really enjoy it, well, you're probably not going to be very consistent with it. You're not going to train nearly as hard and you're not going to see as good of results. So it's important to make sure that you actually find a program that you like and enjoy. Uh, tip number two, make sure you focus on progressive overload. I talked about this in some other episodes, but all that simply means is that you are getting stronger over time. So if on week one, I can lift 100 pounds. Uh, by week three or week four, I want to be lifting at least a little bit more than that. So 105 pounds, 110 pounds. And as long as you are moving in that right direction with quality form, um, quality technique, then that is going to ensure that you're getting stronger and that you are building some muscle. So make sure you focus on that. You don't want to just go in there and go through the motions. You got to make sure that you're training hard, training at the proper intensity so that you can actually build muscle and make those gains. And tip number three when it comes to strength training is track your progress. So right along with progressive overload, if you're not tracking your progress, uh, you don't really know if you're actually making progress, if you're moving in the right direction, are you getting stronger, are your numbers going up? If you don't track that stuff, it's really hard to tell and it's hard to remember that stuff. So get yourself a, you know, a progress log, whether it's an actual physical notebook or through an app or just you know, on your notes tab on your phone and track your sets and your reps and your weights that you're using from week to week. So from week one to week four, I should be using heavier weights or getting more reps um, or that sort of thing to just ensure that I'm making better progress and I'm trying to beat those records each and every week. Now you're not going to beat them every single week. You know, you're not going to get more reps or get more weight on every single week, but over a long enough period of time, you should see those numbers moving in the right direction and getting more reps, getting more weight, that sort of thing. Um, and then my last tip for you, tip number seven, uh, is to find accountability. So people don't really reach their goals because they aren't consistent. Well, that seems pretty obvious, right? And the best way that you can be consistent is to find some sort of accountability. Sometimes this is in the form of a coach. Sometimes this is just a training partner. Sometimes it's just telling somebody about your goals and about your plan that you're moving forward with. Any kind of that accountability is just going to help to keep you, you know, on your on your stuff and make sure that you're doing what you need to do. Some other things that you could do if you wanted, you know, you could post on social that makes it a little bit more public. Uh, helps hold yourself accountable. I know like for me personally, since I've had a fitness Instagram for a while, uh, that always has helped me keep me accountable. You know, there's times where I don't really feel like working out, but I know I should. And, you know, I, I think about my posting on Instagram and, you know, just being accountable because I'm the person that tells everybody else that they should be working out and, you know, being consistent and making gains and all that stuff. So that's that helps to keep me accountable. So certain things like that. Uh, another tip for you is to make sure that you are writing things down. Uh, so simply just writing things down, whether it's in your phone or physically writing them out in a notebook, uh, has been shown to help people stay more accountable and more likely to achieve their goals. So write those things out, put them in a place where you can see them daily uh, is best, but if not daily, then at least you know weekly where you can see those goals, review those goals, and you're reminded of those things. And then also make sure that you know you're writing down and that you are aware of the actual you know the actions that you need to put towards those. Because a lot of times people write down a certain goal, like you know, I want to lose 10 pounds, or 
I want to get more lean or I want to lose some fat or whatever, but they don't, they don't really get specific about that. Okay. So if you want to lose 10 pounds, what are the actual daily actions that you need to be doing? Okay. I need to eat 2000 calories. I need to eat 200 grams of protein. I need to work out four times a week. So make sure you write down those actions that you can actually check off and make sure that you're doing those things every day and every week to actually make sure that you're making progress and moving in the right direction. And with that, that is the seven strategies that I have for fat loss. Uh, hopefully that was helpful and you found you know a nugget or two in there that you can use. Uh, like I said, with summer coming up, I know it's a very, very popular time for people to start losing fat, trying to get more lean, all that good stuff. So uh, just a reminder, don't wait until you know a month away. Right now, we still have a couple months until we really get into kind of peak summer. So it's a perfect time to really dial it in and start getting those good habits in order and making some progress before summer gets here. So don't rush things. Never works out very well. Start now if you're somebody who's after fat loss and uh, you'll be a lot more uh, satisfied with your progress and it'll make the process a lot more enjoyable. As always, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, appreciate all the feedback. You know, if this has been helpful, uh, if you found you know anything from this episode or previous episodes helpful, leaving a review always helps to get this show out to more people. And uh, if, you know, if there's somebody that you think would benefit from this, you can always share it with them. That also helps too, to you know, kind of spread the word and uh, get this out there. And because again, my goal is to help as many people as possible. And I appreciate you guys kind of following along, supporting and uh, doing all that stuff. Um, and then with that, I guess that is all I have for you this week. And uh, until next time.